Welcome to Time Travelling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Trisha. And I'm Paddy. After the shocking end to Earthshock, it is time for us to say goodbye to Adric in this week's special rambling in the TARDIS. As always, we'll be discussing Adric's strengths and weaknesses, as well as our picks for his best and worst episodes. We'd also love to hear your thoughts on Adric and his time in the TARDIS. So, as always, to join the discussion, you can check us out at Time Team, that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P, on Facebook, X and Instagram, or you can email us at timetravellingteam at teamproductions.com. So, I was going to say something, and then it's going to sound really, really horrible. Go on. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Do, 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 do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, not so much bites the dust as becomes dust. <laughs> That's even worse. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh God. Uh, that's me. I'm the gallows humor expert of this show. <laughs> uh, but it's all for a good cause because without Adric's and without Adric's uh, presence, we would still be living under like a tyrannical Saurian empire, and humanity wouldn't have <laughs> come about. Supposedly, mm. yeah. Well done, Adric. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you not familiar with our rambling format, what we do is we look at the character, we discuss what are their weaknesses and their strengths as characters in the show, and then we rank their three worst episodes, not always three, but usually three worst episodes, Mm -hmm. and then their three best episodes. And the way we do that is we do three, two, one, where one is the worst, the yes. worst, worst, and then three, two, one, where one is the best, best. Yes, we we go from worst, best to best, best, and best, worst to worst, worst. worst. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. So we start off with weaknesses. Yes, and you did the social, so you get to go first. Yeah. So before we go into Adric's specific weaknesses. I do need to call out, and I was listening back over to our previous episodes to sort of get myself back in the Adric mindset. Um, I need to take you back to like when we first talked about Adric in Full Circle and Warriors Gate and all those. Adric is sort of a proto Wesley Crusher esque character, and I think as we discuss his weaknesses and his strengths and his worst and best episodes. We need to bear in mind that though the character was originally written by a teenager, essentially, mm-hmm. um, he does suffer from being a super intelligent young male character on a show written by adults. Mm-hmm. And so, before I go into his weaknesses, I do want to bear in mind that a lot of the issues that people have with Adric and a lot of the issues that I've had with Adric a lot of those stem from poor inconsistent writing and Mm -hmm. people not knowing how to write a young intelligent teenager particularly a male 
young intelligent teenager um you know i've said before that there's been moments where it's very much you know wesley's um i'm with starfleet and we don't lie type of bullshit Mm -hmm. where he's just given the most most utter nonsense to say um and also he's written incredibly inconsistently so for me i think the biggest weakness of adric as a character is i think he was written at a time and by people who were mostly disconnected from relating to adric you know Mm -hmm. if you think about more modern shows that have the young savant or the young whatever they're much more understanding of the fact that just because he's intelligent doesn't mean he's not 15 years old mm-hmm. you know like even just the likes of i'm not a big fan of the, the the universe of the show but like the likes of young sheldon right where sheldon is yeah. very intelligent but he's also a child and they have moments where he just uses child logic <laughs> and he has childish reactions to things even though he's wise, quote unquote, wise beyond his years. So I think for me, the biggest weakness of Adric is the fact that he's so badly written um, and so inconsistently written. But through that bad and inconsistent writing, there are two weaknesses that really stand out kind of over the entire run. I think it becomes much more prominent in um, the Peter Davison side of the the coins of post legopolis mm-hmm. which is his ginormous fucking ego um and how very easily it gets bruised mm-hmm. and that feeding into this sort of um chauvinistic asshole nature so mm-hmm. We know he's a very intelligent character. We're told that pretty much from the first moment we meet him. But he has a little bit of Zoe in him at the start where he he believes he's the most intelligent person in the room. With the Romana and the Doctor, that was obviously not fucking true. <laughs> and so that sort of kowtowed him a little bit. We got to see him be a bit humble. We got to see him learn from the others, etc. Then suddenly, he's the boy genius with Nissa and Tegan in tow. And we see a lot of him getting butt hurt because his ideas aren't being listened to. Or they're making, quote unquote, making fun of him because one of his ideas didn't work. Or he's just being a bit of a chauvinistic dickhead. Um, and making stupid decisions and making stupid comments. Mm-hmm. Those types of things, though, so ego at that level, easily bruised ego, chauvinistic, holier-than-thou nature, kind of tie into that poor writing of the young, intelligent male character. Again, we take Sheldon as an example. Even in the Big Bang Theory, where Sheldon is an adult, he still thinks women aren't 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 as intelligent as him. And that, that's just poor writing of intelligent mm. male characters. <laughs> Which is ironic when you consider that the most intelligent char- male character on the show, the Doctor, rarely if ever treats the female women in his life like that. 
Um, mm-hmm. And when he does, a.k.a. John Pertwee with um, Casey Manning's character, you know, they prove him wrong, do you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he sort of has to eat a bit of humble pie. Um, so I think, like I said, for me, I think the, the main weaknesses are his ego and his sexist nature at times. Mm-hmm. Not all the time as well, by the way, but at times. But that comes down to the very poor writing and I think the lack of a plan for him as a character. Yeah. Like, they clearly had a plan for him with Tom, but then when Tom left, they, they didn't know what they wanted to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say that I think his weaknesses became stronger in, like, more pronounced and more obvious yeah. in the Peter Davison era than they ever were in the Tom era. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so those were my three and my bit of a rambling on the badly written part. But what what do you think? What did you have down for weaknesses? Uh, so I agree with you for a fair amount of it because I was like, in retrospect, now having gone on the full journey with Adric, it's easy to see, like as I said, in retrospect, that a lot of the flaws he has mm. are as a result of the fact that he's a teenage wonderkind. Mm. You know, um, like we talked about his arrogance and his ego. Um, which comes from, look, he was lauded on his home planet because, you know, he has that fucking badge of mathematical excellence and he's, um, everyone keeps blowing smoke up his ass. And then he is essentially Robin to Tom's Batman for a while, you know? Mm. Um, And it's... The bru the bruised ego then comes from yeah it's like when it's understand it's it's understandable when the bruised ego is not when that there's another person of intelligence there, but when that person super that person is superseded in the attention that the doctor gives. Mm. Like we when he first meets Nissa, it's there's a common bond between them. And, like, you know, they both have their expertise. And there's no tension or nothing there. It isn't until, as you said, and it's all, it it is in the Peter Davison era where all these flaws are heightened. It isn't until the Doctor starts kind of taking Nyssa under the wing a bit more that he starts getting the fucking hump. And then it's, so, like, that is all very as we said, that's very teenage behavior Mm. where I do, where I do find it hard to rationalize it a bit more is the, is the misogyny Mm. because when he was on the TARDIS with Romana, maybe it was by virtue of the fact that she's older. It wasn't there. There was none of these fucking like snarky comments about her intelligence. Um, well, we had Keeper of Tracken, we had Legopolis. There was none of that. Again, he respected Nissa's intelligence. But then you come into Four to Doomsday and the stories that lead on from that, then it's all, oh, well, you're a girl, so you can't be as smart as I am. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah, and like, 
the interesting about that is, so you, you raised a point there that actually I thought about earlier on. If you listen back to Keeper of Traken, I was saying I was really looking forward to seeing him and Nyssa together mm-hmm. I was just on the TARDIS. They were total like science siblings and it was going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really get it, which is very disappointing. But the interesting thing, right, is you're like, you're, where did this come from? Like, you know, he wasn't that chauvinistic with Romana. He had a couple like light moments, but nothing ever mm. anywhere near as bad as what we got with, with Nissan Tegan. He learns from his elders. We've said it before. The fifth doctor treats particularly Tegan like shit. A lot of the time. Mm. Like, in Legopolis, they all got along really, really well. Yeah. Most of Castrovalva, um, Adric wasn't there. He was in the web thing. And then after Castrovalva, and the way my eyes it, he sees the way the Doctor is treating them. And so he starts treating them that way. But then the Doctor doesn't treat them like that way all the time. And so it becomes this sort of hodgepodge. He learns from the Doctor. Do you know? Yeah, um, because which, like, which is interesting. With with Tegan, it 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 becomes a case of it, there is an actual element of punching down because Tegan has her Tegan has her lane for where her skill set lies. Mm. It's not, in the, but it's not in the same category as Nissa nor Adric, and Adric uses that against her, and it's essentially of. In, in my opinion, it boils down to what do you know? You're fucking thick. Mm. And it's like, and that's where it's like, do you what? Know, I know you're a 15 year old child, but still, you deserve a fucking clipper on the back of the head. Mm. And that's where, you know, I can't remember if I said it on. Uh, in in previous episodes but it was actually getting it it wasn't enjoyable to watch those stories Mm. for a multitude of reasons and Adric's attitude and Adric's characterization was a contributing factor to that yeah I'd agree I would agree should we talk about his strengths though yes I I was about to say but he is he's not like that one person that we struggled to come up with for something. He does have areas where we really like him in. So, yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, I think the three things that stand out for Adric for me, and one of these things is going to seem like a bit of a contradiction based off what we just said. But, again, see previous point about inconsistent writing. Okay. He's intelligent. There is no fucking denying the boy is intelligent. Now, is it a bit of a, you know, a teenager who's going around wearing his special badge all day, every day? I'm pretty sure he sleeps with the special badge on. Yeah, okay, there's about much. But <laughs> he is really intelligent. He's a really good mathematician. Hmm. He is also incredibly brave. And I think hmm. that's something that gets ignored about Adric. Yeah, sometimes he he's a bit foolhardy, 
you know, he runs in wanting to play hero. But he still runs in. Do you know? Whether that was in full circle. You know, his very first outing where he mm-hmm. showed great bravery um, in you know, a very weird situation from his point of view. Or whether it's in Earthshock, where again, and you could say that it's ego, or you could say it was, you know, wanting to play the hero, but like, he would do anything to fix the problem, do you know, yeah. including risking his own life, and he's incredibly brave. Again, I think when we watch science fiction programs, science fiction programs in particular, actually, that have young characters. So again, we're thinking of, you know, Star Trek Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or, you know, um, more modern like fantasy shows and stuff like that with young characters. We tend to forget that like he's 15 years old. And you're right. like, oh, he's 15 years old. He's on this great space adventure. He's 15 years old and people keep fucking dying around him. His entire, his brother died, you know, he lost Romana in e-space. The doctor that he looked up to and saw as a sort of father figure or mentor Mm. figure died, etc. And to keep going... Yeah, sorry, one. I was going to say, even Tremas, to an extent. Yeah, Yeah, because he was very close to Tremas as well. And so he, he goes through all this and he keeps going up until and again you know you can kind of say that like it was a bit childish and blah blah blah. but up until i think understandably for a 15 year old boy he kind of reached a breaking point where he was like the people i'm traveling with don't even fucking like me i want to go home Mm -hmm. do you know and the fact that like it took him so long to reach that point i think is commendable in its own right um but I think sometimes and like you know, I, I sort of see Adric in that vein, similar to like Victoria, where I think people mm-hmm. overlooked how brave Victoria often was, mm-hmm. um, because she was so often seen as the damsel in distress. I think because Adric is so often seen as someone trying to play hero, people forget that that does involve him being willing to jump into very dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. Um. The one that I think might seem a bit hypocritical based off what I said with his weaknesses is, and I do believe this even with Nissa and Tegan, um, particularly even with Tegan, at his core, he does care about his friends. Mm. He is very defensive of them. He kind of had a bit of a bend of what about Polly, what about Polly, what about Polly <laughs> in certain stories. Mm. Um, he does really care and we see that through the loss of Romana we see it through his struggle to adapt to the new Doctor or even in Logopolis his constant you know, protective nature over the Doctor he then became very protective of Nissa and Tegan during that whole story as well and as during the Peter Davison era he didn't quite have as many opportunities to showcase it but it was yeah. there like even his clap back to the doctor in earth shock where the doctor is like you know oh you know he made anything like, oh i know what your promises are worth just ask tegan and you're like mm-hmm. 
he can see that like you keep promising her you'll take her home and you fucking don't so like you know stop trying to gaslight us kind of thing yeah do you know i think that that can be overshadowed by the fact that half his episodes it doesn't look like he cares it the 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 thing was that and i was kind of tracking it in my head is that he finally realizes that he doesn't need to be that way around Tegan because Tegan Tegan is the linchpin in this whole thing because he knows what Nissa is capable of and he knows like that Nissa is very resourceful. He hasn't seen anything from Tegan to warrant that same level of whatever you want to call it because all he's seen from Tegan is I want to go home, I want to go home, bitch, bitch, moan, moan, I want to go home. And then there was the whole thing in Kinda where, you know, she was the gateway for the Mara. It isn't until the visitation where they're both essentially locked together that he actually sees, oh, no, she's she is actually quite resourceful. And then, unfortunately, we get Black Orchid where all he's doing is just fucking eating. And then you have Urchuk. Mm. So that realization comes too late in his character arc. To actually for us to get to enjoy that growth, yeah. But at the beginning, he is very defensive of her. Um, and I think had I mean, obviously, had he been present in Castrovalva, Castrovalva technically wouldn't have happened. Yes, but you know what I mean. Had he been present in Castrovalva to see Tegan rolling up her sleeves, getting stuck in, you know, leading from the front, I think his reaction to her in other stories would have been very, very different. Mm, no, I agree. I agree. Did you have any other strengths? Um, there was one thing that came into my head and it was based like on your thing about in art shock, whether it was ego or I can't remember the last thing you said, but I know you have issues with this character, but there's a line from, pre-serum Steve Rogers mm. that kind of resonates with that kind of resonates with Adric, which is um when he continually tries to get drafted and Bucky tells him not to. Mm. Steve's thing was that there are men laying down their lives, why should I be any different? And because you're an asthmatic son of a bitch who can't do anything and you're gonna get men killed trying to take care of you. Mm. But <laughs> You know, but no, but but see, this is the thing, right? Okay, is that like, yeah, no, like he he is a, I put this right. He's a liability in that regards because he's continually four F. Yeah, but you and like it's a thing like you often see, um, I suppose it should be like I'll get a small bit political here now, right? Mm. You often see this uh, conversation coming up with surrounding, um, gay people in the military. And you have a lot of people giving out, oh, they shouldn't be there, shouldn't be there. And it's like, okay, if you don't want them in there, are you going to volunteer in their place? Because they want to be there. So are you going to fucking step up and do the job? If not, shut up. Mm. With Steve's thing, it's like, okay, look, there's an awful lot you could, like, you could get drafted into the army, but you're not going to serve on the front line. You can work in logistics. You can work in whatever. You can do all this type of stuff that we can get you into the army. 
and you won't have to do frontline service because you can't actually take it, then it's like, okay, he's risking himself in some capacity, but just not in a frontline capacity. With Adric, sorry, um, so let that bit of the residue of chest infection. With Adric, its whole thing is, people around me are risking their lives. Why should I be any different? Yeah. And, okay, me not liking Captain America is a whole... <laughs> we could do a whole separate podcast about why George fucking hates Captain America. <laughs> um, we really could. We really could. I fucking hate that character. Um, but I get what you mean, though. Yeah. You know, and again, I think with Adric, it's defense of those he cares about in the case of Full Circle. And then it's seeing the bravery of those around him in the case of traveling mm-hmm. with the doctor. Mm-hmm. And again, I think a lot of it is, like I said, like, you know, they're doing this, why, why you know, I need to do my part. But mm-hmm. also, this person I look up to would do anything to save people. I'm, why, why should I be any different? Um, and, and one other thing as well is, is something that does, I think, come with his age is he, at times he's his tenderness. Mm. Like specifically again with Nissa when he comforts her over the loss of like with everything that happens with her dad and with with track in itself. Um there are some tender moments that he has there that like I think that you because he's so less jaded than some older than of like if he was older he might be. But because he's not he actually uh, he lets himself have those moments with her, and I like that. Mm. But no, I completely agree with you as well about like him, like when it when it's time, he never shies away from danger. He knuckles down, and he gets involved. So yeah, like he does have. It just seems like such a an annoyance that when we finally, or when Adric finally figures out who he wants to be, he dies. Mm. Yeah. Oh, poor Adric. Yeah. Shall we move on to specific episodes, though? Yes, I think we should. We should back up our statements. Yeah, so... For worst, I do have three. Mm Mm-hmm. And in order of... To be honest, I really struggled with my worst ones because there was actually... <clears throat> there was a lot of them. Um, so I picked three. They may not be the most accurate three, but they were the three that really stuck out for me for different reasons. In least worst, I had Warrior's Gate. Alright. In middle worst, I had Fort Doomsday. Mm-hmm. And in worst worst, I had Kunda. Okay. What did you have? We're 66% of the way there. <laughs> uh, in number three slot, I had State of Decay. Mm. In number two slot, I had Four to Doomsday. And in number one slot, I had Kinda. Okay. I had considered State of Decay as well. Um, The reason why I went with Warrior's Gate, though, is he's just sucking air. He's just there. And brothers, where he's just there flipping a coin. Um, I think for State of Decay, 
he had some really fucking stupid shite, particularly in the latter half of that story. But I think he had some really strong moments at the beginning of it. That's where I was like struggling to kind of see everything else I had for weaknesses is just lack of presence. Whereas here, there is, like, character flaws to kind of back it up. And his fucking, oh, what was it? His his interactions with uh, Romana. Yeah. And, like, I'm just, and from what I remember, I said, dude, like, you fucking stowed away on the ship. Yeah. It's not, it's not her fucking fault about anything. Yeah, like, I mean, the reason why I picked Warriors Gate over State of Decay was Warriors Gate for me was the biggest example of a non-Adric story. Like, Castro Valva mm. is also a non-Adric story for the most part. Yeah. But that's because he was kidnapped and he was hidden mm. away. In Warriors Gate, he was fucking there. He was there every day on set. <laughs> but he spent most time Stood in the void flipping a fucking coin. Or not staring at the screen for the signal he's meant to be looking out for. Or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me Warriors Gate sort of stinted it because it was a prime example of a non story for him. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess Ray Roberts stated the case. Do you want to talk a bit more about stated case? Or did you... Yeah, like it was. It, it's like there are there are times there where he is he has positive moments, like his bits with the villagers. You know, like this sort of being like the um, replacement son for the one that they lost. But the minute he goes up to the castle, and it's like, come on, Edric, you're fucking intelligent you know what's going around here these three are shady as fuck and they're not even hypnotizing you at this stage you seem to have thrown your lot in with them and then there's just like the arrogance again towards romana and it's not justified whatsoever it's like the dude let us not forget here that you stowed away they didn't kidnap you they didn't force you against your will or anything like that you fucking snuck onto the ship and yes, I get that, unfortunately, he, sorry, unfortunately, your brother died in the previous story. That's not their fault. Mm. And again, this is one of those things where it's like, oh, well, he might have done it in the, um, in the in-between phase was, um, you know, where I don't think he ever like brings it up again with Roman and apologizes to her. Mm. So, yeah, um, didn't didn't particularly care for that one yeah but he did have other stories that were worse <laughs> oh yeah oh, oh oh jesus does he what yeah so we both picked four to doomsday and kinda i think mm-hmm. four to doomsday more than anything for me is the pinnacle of adric the chauvinistic asshole yep his whole fucking sniping at Nyssa, that whole thing. Um, and then he's also a total fucking donkey as well. Because he actually buys into what these people are saying. 
<laughs> and like he genuinely believes it. And I'm like, it's 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 the weirdest writing of an episode where they have him being butt hurt because Nissa knows more practical knowledge than him. Mm-hmm. And it's him trying to prove his intelligence by being a fucking moron. Now, I think the doctor does call him an idiot, which I wasn't quite sure I agreed with because he is also 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And you were being no fucking help. Um, But I think for me, like, Fort of Doomsday is just the... Like, I'm trying to think of what a redeeming factor was in Fort of Doomsday. And I don't think... Did we have redeeming factors for him in Fort of Doomsday? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there is a redeeming factor for him in Fort of Doomsday. Yeah. Um, except maybe like he did try and help the doctor fight off the guys, like while the doctor was tethered and stuff like that. He did he, obviously contribute to that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think that necessarily makes up for the everything. Like, and this is the thing with Adrix, but it's like Adrix whole thing. You know, I know block comp was a block transfer computation. I can, I have the access to the building blocks of the universe. Cool. Are you able to work a microwave to uh, heat up this packet of instant noodles? No? Good luck starving. <laughs> um, and, like, it's just... The, you know, the jealousy rears its ugly head with, like, the Doctor starts talking, you know, this like, he's, like, kind of catering towards her. And, like, there's some stuff there that Adric should really be aware of one this is the first story after she fully realizes that everyone is gone everyone that she knew and loved is gone the doctor kind of showing her a bit of favoritism let it go let come on elsa let it go um and then it's like right you've been around enough fucking maniacal leaders to to be able to smell crazy off them at this stage how the fuck are you still falling for this bullshit mm. yeah and like I will say that like in the episodes that follow I have a bit more empathy for Adric and his jealousy of Nyssa because the Doctor does go on to treat him and Tegan like total dog shit. Um, mm. While Nyssa always seems to get off scot-free and is favoured as the second. Whereas like, hey, I thought you were mentoring me to be this great whatever and then you've just fucking stopped. What the hell? Um, I have a bit of empathy for that but like, it doesn't excuse anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And again, we don't get an apology of any sort. Um, I would say we also don't get any corrective behavior from the adult in his life, um, which, you know, really he needed at that point. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was looking back at my notes and I, I just have, Adric is a chauvinistic asshole <laughs> and an idiotic one at that. <laughs> I honestly, I'm going to be very curious when it comes to our rambling for Peter Davis and I just see like how many of these worst episodes for Adric would coincide with the worst episodes for Pe- for Peter? Mm. Peter's one is going to be interesting, I think, because, I mean, I, 
it's no secret because we discuss it every week. I'm really struggling to warm up to him. Hmm. And a lot of his worst traits are being reflected in Adric. <laughs> which makes me I, not like him all the more. <laughs> yeah. But I had I had a kind of a realization there the other day and it was like we we wish we witnessed like a character arc be intentional or unintentional for Adric. Um and we're not now talking about like the reflection between Adric's character and Peter's character. So now that we've gotten the first season of Peter out of the way, it will be interesting to see what arc the character takes for the next two seasons and see if we're just in a, like the rough honeymoon period, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, I would be sad for the character of Adric if this um, disruptive behavior of the Doctor settled as soon as Adric died. <laughs> because mm. Oh, yeah. It's like, you're, oh, but like he's not like that anymore. Like He really learned from, like it's like when you have like someone who's like in a shitty relationship or whatever like, oh he really learned from his relationship with that person or he really learned from you know or she really learned from um his death or something it's like that's great it would be nice if they learned that lesson while that person was still in their lives mm-hmm. and could have actually benefited from it um but this isn't a rambling about him this is a rambling about Adric. um kinda 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 Four to Doomsday was his wiseness of getting all the attention. Kinda is his why is T getting all the attention? I, I was going to say Kinda is almost Adric going shut up, bitch. Like yeah. it's 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 a microcosm away from that. Yeah, it's horrendous, and it makes him out to be really. Like, Kinder for to do is it make him out to be so stupid, which we know he isn't. Mm. Do you know? And in fact, he does like he does try to play both sides and whatever, but he's just so fucking bad at it. Um, and his whole thing with like the you know mechanical armor. Mm gun thing yeah. and not being able to control it and then be like, oh no, I was fine. I'm like, oh my god, fuck off. Yeah. That, 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 I think really, Kinda was my fuck off, you annoying teenage boy. <laughs> like, it, it just got progressively worse, like, because it starts off with him gloating over the fact that he beats a clearly very ill and exhausted Nissa in a game of uh, drafts, hmm. and he like he's gloating over that like well well done like you you beat a patient, kudos, and then it kind of the thing where he picks up the stick and just does what all fucking annoying bratty kids does, which is like start playing with the chimes. Hmm. I was like, we, he was just stop looking for attention, stop it. <laughs> And then there's yeah going into the whole into the mechanical suit and then drawing hissy fit was like oh well I would have fucking figured it out if you hadn't uh, gotten in the way and it's like yes and what path of destruction would you have wreaked before you fucking finally figured it out you know um 
It's like someone finding like a fucking machine gun and kind of going, all right, no, I managed to finally put the safety on after I emptied the clip. Yeah. Yeah, but um, again, though, like, I, I don't want to excuse his behavior as just like the doctor changed and then suddenly <laughs> Adric just went off the fucking rails altogether. Um, mm. But again, this child is your ward maybe fucking talk to him properly do you know like you know I think from Adric's perspective it's like his dad died and then he got this new stepdad who's a prick except they're the same person (laughs) do you know yeah And and the change happened in a day and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, it's like, the cries for attention. I mean, at that age, you know, you kind of hope that he'd be beyond it or whatever. It's not really an excuse, but like, here's a thought. Maybe actually give him some attention and have a real conversation with him. Mm. And he'd stop acting out. And you'd actually find out what's wrong. But I can't do that because I have cricket to play, woman. But no, we're drifting off course again. No, no, we're drifting. No, no, this is like fucking any conversation that involves Stephen. No, no, (laughs) Adric. Yes. Adric had some fucking duds of episodes where he was Mm. an inconsistent, chauvinistic donkey of a boy. Um... Mm -hmm. Literally, in the case of like, he is the boy that gets like caught up in like with Honest John and Pinocchio and ends up on that fucking island, yeah, with a fucking horse's ass. Um, but he did have some good episodes as well. Also, thank you for reminding me just how fucking creepy the original Pinocchio <laughs> cartoon is. <laughs> Jesus, it is so Christ. terrifying. It is absolutely right. It, it's like it's like when you when you're when you watch The Prince of Egypt as a kid and then you get to an adult and you're like, holy fuck, how the fuck is that movie a cartoon? Yeah. Um, I, I, it's... Yeah. Pinocchio is probably the one Disney film I do not see them ever doing in live action. But they've done it in live action. They have done it in live action, shit. Did they do it in yeah. live action? They did. When? Two years ago, okay. I think that it was actually flew under my radar. Actually, I think it might have been one of the the launch titles for when Disney Plus was a thing. So it might be okay. A no, lot hold more on. Older than that. Hold on. It's one with Tom Hanks. Oh, that's oh, okay. Do you know what? I think there was like four different Pinocchios that came out at the same time, and so I think I missed the Disney one. Apparently, like and this is one thing I found out. Apparently, in the original story. He kills Jiminy Cricket, and it's Jiminy Cricket's ghost. That's the conscience. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. So yeah, there is a Disney version. I clearly yeah. just removed all Pinocchio references from my <laughs> <laughs> See, this is also why, like, I have said this to people in work on several occasions. Um, Paddy is my external hard drive. Mm-hmm. He remembers things, so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm ever not sure of something, 
that I have known in the past. I asked Paddy, and he says, yes, you did know this. It was this. <laughs> like, TV programs I've watched, or people I've met. Yeah. Or people's names of people that I've known for 19 fucking years. Um, yeah, so thank you for being my external hard drive. Very helpful. Um, You're welcome. Circling back on track once more. Yes. Um... I don't know about you, but what I will say is that I found it much easier to pick the worst episodes than I did the best episodes because I had a lot of ones that were shortlisted for the top three spots. I didn't. I kind of knew going into putting my notes together which ones I was going to pick. Um, the mm-hmm. I had one that I wasn't sure of, um, but I, didn't, I wasn't sure whether to put it in as an honorable mention. I don't think it was I was ever going to put in the top three, but I was tempted to put it in as an honorable mention. Um, so three, two, one, worst, best, to best, best. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Keeper of Shocking, Full Circle, and the Gopless. We're sixty six percent there again. <laughs> okay, what do you have? <laughs> I have, so my bronze, silver, gold, mm. Keeper of Tracking, Earthshock, Legopolis. Earthshock is my honourable mention. Full Circle was my honourable mention. <laughs> um, I'll explain why Earthshock was my honourable mention. Okay. I put Earthshock as my honourable mention because while I fully agreed with pretty much everything Adric had to say at the beginning of that story. He was upset. He wanted a home. Blah, 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 blah. It's not the most reflective of the journey Adric has had. The end of the episode, though, certainly very reflective of the journey that Adric has come on. But he has that whiny bit at the beginning. Justifiably whiny, but still whiny. He has a bit of a lull in the middle and then he has the fantastic, brilliant moment at the end. Um, And for me, I just didn't think it stacked up as well with the other three. Um, And I think a lot of that actually has to to do with the fact that like he didn't get a goodbye with Nessa. I think that actually really bothered me more than I think that I thought about actually now that I'm speaking out loud. Um, he didn't get a proper goodbye, and that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's my reason. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so with full circle, it brought me back to a conversation we had a long time ago, which was: is a character's very first story because we're all about the journey we're, you and I were all about character development mm. putting their first appearance in into a top three spot is that like a reflective thing because we had it with the Time Warrior and you know like I was back and forth over like Time Warrior great story for Sarah Jane but it's her first story and like she has got some absolute belters as she progresses, but Time Warrior is so good. 
here I had a very similar conversation in my head, but it was much shorter. And I didn't think full circle, while no, while it's a very good Adric story, I personally thought that Urchok was a better one for him. I think the other challenge I would put to you Hmm. And we can just we can just we can discuss this in more detail when we get to your actual full discussion of Earthshock. Hmm. But something I want you to think about as we talk through Keep of Tracking. Would you have ranked Earthshock so highly if Adric hadn't died? It's a very good question. And you can take um, some time to think about it. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Cool. Let's talk about Keeper of Tracking. I really like Keeper of Tracking. I think for Adric, it's a fun story, even though like he's sidelined for a fair bit of it. Um, but he's sidelined with Nissa, and I love their dynamic in to keep of Tracking. It's so good. Um, but also we get to see the dynamic between the Doctor and Adric in the terms of the ward or the student or whatever and the mentor which is great um, and for all of the issues that, that were between them behind the scenes it looks amazing on screen. It's a really mm. good dynamic it's, it's, it's really like you know who are they without Romana this mm. is who they are like Batman and Robin, you know, type, type thing. Um, you know, he is sidelined for a considerable amount of it, but he's sidelined in a way that he's sidelined with trust. It's not just Adric needs to stay out of the way. It's, okay, we need to protect. So Adric needs to stay safe. We don't want to get Adric in trouble. But I love at the end of the story when Adric, you know, a, he explains to Nissa what he's going to do. He doesn't just, again, if we're thinking about chauvinistic Adric of literally a season later, who would never ask for anyone's fucking opinion before doing something completely moronic or really dangerous or whatever. He asked her opinion, explained what it would mean. He wouldn't do it if she, if she didn't understand it, which I thought was lovely. Um, He clearly wanted her approval. But also, he knew exactly what was needed to the point where the doctor just threw out a number, knowing Adric wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. And that, in terms of the Nissa dynamic, in terms of the doctor dynamic, in terms of the trust, in terms of the portrayal of his intelligence, is why his run with. Peter Davison pisses me off so much mm. because it's such a massive U-turn for his development as a character. Um, yeah. But Keeper of Chalk and like the reason why it's not higher is because he is sidelined considerably for it, and obviously there's the mm. more important aspects of that story. Adric is a very small part of it, but. If you want a nice introduction to Adric as a character, I think Keeper is mm-hmm. a really nice one to sink it, into. It really is. It really is. Like, like I know, like 
I think it actually just kind of struck me there. Himself and Nissa's relationship, it kind of reminds you of Violet and uh, Klaus from the Deliberately uh, Snicket movie. Mm. Just like they're, they're both very clever. They both work very well together because they have their own separate skill sets. Um, <clears throat> so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. But I think the just like the pinnacle moment is when he pilots the TARDIS into the room and the doctor just calls out the number and he's like, aha, on it. Um, and it, it's, it is the fact that Adric comes in and saves the day. You know, well, Adric and Nyssa. Mm. But they're the ones to come in and facilitate the saving of the day, which is great. And I really enjoyed it. And like Keep Up Tracking is, yeah, I used to say, like, it's a story that's got an awful lot of moving parts and they all keep you invested. But every relationship Adric has in that story, so it's with Nyssa and with Tremas and with the Doctor, it's just all good. Like, mm. there's there's nothing in it where I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, Adric, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would agree. So then I have Full Circle. Yes. And you have Earthshock. Earthshock. So you and I have gone back and forth on the whole can a person's first story count as one of their best? And I un- mm-hmm. I understand where you come from in terms of mm-hmm. we don't see the development, whatever. Yeah. I think, though, there are certain stories and definitely certain characters where I'm like, fuck it. The first was the best. Yeah. One is, like you said, The Likes of Time War, which is just such a fucking dinger of a story. Um, mm. And you've got Sarah Jane and the characters coming out swinging Brilliant Patrol. Then you have ones like I'd maybe say The Chase. For Stephen, um, mm. in a way, um, and you know, now full circle for Adric, where it's like they did a really good job of creating an interesting character who's complex, who's well structured. We get to see that he's maybe from a modern viewing perspective, he's maybe not what we think he is. So again, mm. if we just take the example of Stephen for a second. He is a space pilot. He's, you know, a bit charismatic. He's, you know, whatever. And he has a teddy bear called Wi-Fi. Or Hi-Fi, or whatever. Hi-Fi. Not Wi-Fi. Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. Do you know? And he's brave. And, you know, he, he'll fight through anything to to free himself and blah, blah, blah. Um, which then just goes continually fucking downhill from that point on actually um mm-hmm. and I think with Adric it's the same where because so much of his story is so inconsistent unlike the likes of say Sarah Jane or Leela or Romana One in particular who have good development sort of throughout um or like Ian and Barbara and many of our other companions I think with Adric and his first story, I think it's important to recognize who he was meant to be. Do you know? Mm-hmm. As opposed to who he was in stories like Fort of Doomsday and Warrior's Gate and, and, and that kind of shit. 
So like with Full Circle, we see his bravery, we see his confidence, we see his caring nature, we see his intelligence. And I remember at the time we talked about it, I was like, why don't people like him? Like, <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, well, I remember we it. had that that conversation point. Yeah, so I think one of the reasons why I put this over Earthshock is, A, it's just a good story in general, right? Mm-hmm. Call it Spade a Spade. Mm-hmm. It's a good story in general. Adric has some great moments in it. Um, but I think, you know, if you get caught up in, you know, the likes of Kinda and the, the others, you can kind of forget who he was meant to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that who he was meant to be was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and you actually mentioned someone there that I would have to slightly disagree with you in terms of like the development. Uh, Leela under 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 Philip Hinchliffe, she was fantastic, but then well, when yeah. Gareth Edwards took over, yeah, yeah then yeah. it became the fucking whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But I made a realization there, and I don't know whether I actually made the realization at the time, and I forgot it, and. I did have to go back and I had to take a look at Leela's uh, rambling, okay? Mm. And I I think I made the realisation that, because Face of Evil was in my top three. Mm. And I actually want to just take a look at, while I'm here, sorry, to hold up the whole show. Just need to double check something. As if we don't have the ability to edit it out if we want to. I know. Technology, tint is amazing. Um, yeah, and because I did that, we did the the ranking for Romana one, and I had Rybos in the fourth position behind Pirate Planet. But I think the reason that Full Circle is an honorable mention as opposed to in the top three is that it just didn't have that same level of impact for me as Time Warrior and Face of Evil did, mm. like. Full Circle is a very good showing for Adric. One or two bits in it where I'm like, fuck off. Um, and as I said, there's one part in my original uh, talk about there was one part that, that it did break some of my immersion for me. And that was the direction of the scene where um, Romana gets bitten and Adric goes into the TARDIS and the the exterior shot. Yeah, we, the, we have the, the door we have the when is a door not a door. Yeah, that type of thing, and but yeah, it just didn't have that same level of impact for me as Time Warrior and uh, Face of Evil did. But I'm not discounting anything you're saying about Full Circle. Mm. It's just a, I suppose it just boils down to personal preference. Yeah. In in relation to Earthshock. There is an awful lot I like about Earthshock that I think would still carry over if the Doctor was able to save Adric in the last second. And it starts off with him actually calling the Doctor out on his on his bullshit. Like, what, what is your promise worth? Asked Tegan. And then he, he says it a small bit cheekily, but the the argument is valid. Since he's regenerated, he's become very immature. And it's a thing that we've talked about. It, you cannot deny that 
Peter's doctor up until now is a like dude come on you're meant to be cowering many hundreds of years old you're acting more childish than the children are mm. um but it's once they find their their rhythm again once they're back to being okay yeah uh we're we're friends everything adric does in the story i enjoy he refuses to let the doctor go and try and disarm the bomb by himself he has good interactions as we said like with the supporting characters like scott and not briggs but the other female character the other oh yeah yeah the navigation i've forgotten officer. his name but no human i've forgotten her name rather but no human yeah um but like and then it's just like at the end like even, even before the end before he makes that final dash out to solve the final lock his presence on the bridge and it just this calmness he has when he tells the doctor don't worry you know we'll figure it out together or you know wink wink nudge nudge and then it's just this calm cool collected nature of trying to disable the logic locks you know like he's 15 years old yet he takes command and I, the others pick up on it and I think that's where the level of respect from Scott and that officer just go up for him and I think that then adds to the emotion we said it adds to the emotional impact of Adric's passing in the story but even if the doctor did come and save him at the very last moment everything he would have done up until that point it's a great showing from Adric I think hmm. I think I think the the only reason why I get the whole um, would you have still thought the same if Adric hadn't died is a final story where someone dies or a death story in general as a favourite I always have to try and say well okay if the character hadn't died would I still think of it in the same way yeah so if the doctor had saved him at the last minute or if Adric had worked out the lock at the last mm. minute um, so the thing didn't explode it's fine would we still have seen him you know dashing out of the escape pod in the same way um, would we still see it as heroic rather than someone trying to play hero do you know um, but that's just a question that I challenge myself with with anything where it's like the super emotional thing like say Hand of Fear would I have loved Hand of Fear as much if Sarah hadn't left at the end mm. yes yes I would because Hand of Fear is amazing mm. and yeah. Eldred must live um, um, yeah but but that's just my thing. I totally agree with everything you said, though. Um. I I just think like with, with Adric's thing, it's like it's no different than the role of a dice in a, in a tabletop RPG. You know, mm. you take you take the action, and like if you succeed or you fail, how do people remember your character for doing the the, the heroic action? You know. Yeah. But then we have Logopolis, and the reason I put Logopolis on top over all of the other ones is because in many ways I think Logopolis is the height of Adric's character development. Mm. It's 
showing how much he's grown. It's showing how much he's developed as a person. Um, well, we get to see that in Earthshock as well. It fucking lulled there for a while and went mm. backwards or whatever. Whereas Logopolis is... It's a really good story anyway, but it's just we get to see all these different elements of Adric that we've talked hmm. about before. But in a setting, and actually in two settings, that are more alien to him than anything else. Yeah. Modern day Earth and Logopolis itself. And particularly the modern day Earth thing where he just like hops on a bicycle and, you know, does whatever you know I fucking he, love that you know tries to blag his way with the guards and everything and we can see how much he's grown with his time with the doctor how much he's learned about earth and earth society and he's so happy that he knows his numbers and his letters uh which is just the funniest thing ever his excitement over seeing nissa again mm. and he's so excited to see her but also his keen awareness that something's happening with the doctor, this you know, this white figure is something important and doing everything he can to be like, well, nothing I'm not gonna let anything happen to him. Like hello. Like even though the doctor clearly has a plan, Adric is just like, I don't give a shit what your plan is because your your plan to me looks fucking dodgy. So we're gonna protect you and make sure whatever. Um well, he does have, like, he has one weird moment with Tegan, which I think is just a really written line. Um, he's, again, very protective of the two of them, Tegan mm. and Nyssa. Um, you know, he, he did the whole picking the locks thing the whole way through the TARDIS or whatever, which I found hilarious. Um, but also his excitement at the idea that he might get to go to Gallifrey. Yeah. And when I, I was thinking about this earlier, as I was writing my notes, I was thinking again, thinking about Earthshock and the fact that like Adric wrote about how he doesn't have a home and whatever. I'm so gutted Adric never got to go to Gallifrey because you totally know that um, if Doc Tom Hand regenerated, mm-hmm. what if Adric started to feel the same way for whatever reason? You know Tom would have dropped him off with Leela. Mm-hmm. Do you know he would have taken him to Gallifrey and like, look, go stir up some shit there, you'll develop your mind, it'd be fantastic, off you go. Um and he would have found I think he would have found a great family with Leela as well. Um and stuff like that. So it, it kinda makes me sad that like my favourite story of Adric is one where he really wants to go to Gallifrey and then he never does. Hmm. And he never will, because he did. Yes, um, he did. <laughs> How would you? Why was Legopus on top of your list? Um, pretty much for a lot of the reasons you said there. It's like, I think first and foremost, what comes out is this. He's almost like this emotional tether to what's hmm. going on with the Doctor, and as well, um his connection with Nyssa you know because she's clearly just seen a horribly or she's had a horrible horribly traumatic revelation given to her 
and he needs to try and help her through that. But also, there's something going on with the doctor that is affecting him. And, you know, Roman isn't around anymore. So who's going to protect the doctor, if not me? Mm. And, like, he refuses to be, you know, you know, you don't put Adric in a corner type scenario. Mm. Um, but then when it comes to, as I said, the, the bit with the bicycle, I thought that was fucking brilliant and a big stupid smile on his face. Um, then the logic loop within the, within the TARDIS itself. But his man of action nature when it came to helping out the the controller on Legopolis mm. and then just everything there that was fantastic. And it's nice that you actually see that immediately carry over to Castro Valva. It's just unfortunate that he for Castro Valva he's, you know, Pearls of Pauline. Um but Legopolis is it had so much promise for what was to come. You know? Mm. And I I'm sad that you know, that it was the end of what was to come, but I'm also sad it was like it was the end of Tom's run with Adric because of whatever about their personal relationship, their in the, the Doctor and Adric's relationship at that stage was, was great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree and I think when you watch them in Logopolis and then you watch something like Fort of Doomsday or something like Kinda or the Visitation or any of those other ones that, that came after, um, you're kind of like you get it, do you know? Like you get why he is kind of the way he is, do you know? He lost something very important to him and mm. he doesn't see him get himself getting it back. Because like if you compare the way he reacts to Tegan and Nissa and this in Legopolis versus the way he acts with them in other stories, he clearly was super excited to have more people around. Do you know? Mm. Like of course Nissa should travel with us. Of course she should. Like so brilliant. To then two stories later just being like, Oh, why does Nissa get to move? It's like, oh fuck off, Adric. Um, I do strongly believe that if people only watched Adric in his Tom Baker era then the sort of negative impression of him either wouldn't exist or wouldn't be anywhere near as bad as what it actually is mm. um, so yeah but look I think for a character who's been so up and down, I think we've had some great discussion points. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time since the character has died, as we've mentioned. Yeah. Um, and do you know what? Like I said, like even though I would have Earthshock as my honorable mention, at least he ended on a good outing. You know, yes. In your case, one of his best, and my case, just outside one of his no, best, but no, certainly, no. But certainly yeah. a very good outing. Um, and yeah, 
But next week, we're going to be continuing with our current crew. You I, said we'd finish we... the season. We haven't, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Still sorry. Time to go. <laughs> yeah, we still have time flight. Um, quick question. Yeah. If Matthew Waterhouse was at a con, would you meet him? Yes. Yeah. I'd actually love to talk to him because hmm. it just sounds so fascinating. Like being a fan of the show at that age, getting on the show and then having these fucking ridiculous back like behind the scenes mm. dramas and whatever i actually actually would quite like to meet him um yeah i i think that's like we've kind of for you that's a mark of a success of a companion as to whether or not you'd like to meet them in real life well first i'd like to meet most of them i'd like to meet peter purvis just to apologize for how much i've shot on his character um <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would quite like to meet him. Um, like I said, there's people that I have had the opportunity to meet in the past and I didn't, and I'm fucking kicking myself over. So you know. Um, did you get to meet Richard Louis Franklin? Jameson. What? Did you get to meet Richard Franklin? Mike Yates. Did I get to meet Richard Franklin? I didn't. I have his autograph because I bought it during COVID. Showmasters was doing a um, an autograph sale. Uh. That's also where I got Will Wheaton's autograph. Um, but no, I did not get to meet Richard Franklin. I got to meet okay. John Levine and John Leeson. <laughs> but no, I never got to meet Richard Franklin, I don't think. Okay. I'm going to be kicking myself now if I'm wrong, but I don't... I, I, no, I didn't. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't think he was in any of the group pictures you uh, were a part of. No, no. Um, so I don't. I don't think I ever had the opportunity to either. To be honest, I don't think he was ever at an event that I was going yeah. to. So this was not like it's not like with Louise Jameson where I could have met her and I fucking didn't because I'm. Yeah. I hadn't watched her stuff yet. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I actually I would quite like to meet him. But like well, I said, no, he he's he's dead now. No, not Richard Franklin. <laughs> oh, I met you Waterhouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Back All right. I was like, yeah, cool. Okay, <laughs> um. <laughs> but yes, so next week we are back with Time Flight, which will be the final yes. episode of the current season. Just a reminder. Mm-hmm. It is going to have to score fours or above to you know, have a good round out to the season. Because uh, mm. currently, it ain't doing so good. No. But, that is us for another week. Um, if mm-hmm. you have thoughts on Adric, though, we would love to hear them. Um, if you would like to hear my thoughts on why I hate Steve Rogers as a character, particularly in the MCU, then we can have that discussion <laughs> at another time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh. People will be saving that up for our end of year uh, podcast. Yeah, why? Why Rogers? A five-hour extravaganza. Oh, <laughs> no! I'm not going to get into it because actually, this rambling yeah. will go on for the five hours. So Paddy wants to go to bed. Um, yes. Talk to you next time. Yep.
until next week, guys. Bye.